the third hour first up here on TSN 1050. I am Aaron Karulnik. That is Matthew Cause in for Carlo Koliakovo. We are in studio here, and there is a video stream rolling at all times, Matthew. Yeah. And if that video stream picked up my dancing to this song... I may need to pay someone at least five grand to delete the footage because it was not pretty. Not the it best. was not pretty. I'm going to say right now it was erotic, which is basically when you're erotically dancing in Europe. Very different than North American. So erotic is what I would say. I also had a couple of bites of an apple during the commercial break. You did? And I have no idea why because I am not hungry in the slightest. I've never yeah. been more full. I crushed almost three pounds of wings, the O-rings, the fries, the beards were flowing last night. And yet, I'm looking at this apple. I'm like, you know what? I could use some sustenance. You took unnecessary. You took a bite, and then you clenched your belly. You're like, why am I doing this? I'm full. It hurts. You, you get that? You know that feeling when you're so full that you feel like if you put a morsel of food in your mouth, they would just roll out because there's like no room. <laughs> you know, like trying to like yeah. cram a subway car. It's like, no, <laughs> you have to wait. For- and, and then you know the shots of the subways in China where yes. it's like literally you cannot move. Yeah, and they just you get cannot like a, move. They get something just yeah, like they, pushing everyone. They, they in. use like an instrument. Yeah, like. Of course, it's like yeah. a cow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's such an odd scene where you're like, "What the hell is going on there?" That feels like yeah. my esophagus. Like <laughs> I put a meatball in and just rolls out. Yeah, like, no. I, I mean, yeah, my stomach uh, definitely hurts right now. Yeah. Not as much as Jalen hurts. <laughs> that was horrible. I wasn't that bad. Jalen hurts was incredible last night. Let's be honest here. I mean, the guy had more than 300 pass yards, 70 plus rush yards, three touchdowns, tying whom. For Terrell, the Super Bowl record. Terrell Davis. 1998, I believe, correct? That was, yes, the Broncos' first Super Bowl win over the Green Bay Packers. Name the player that knocked down um, Brett Favre's last pass. Five. You only have to give a last name. I'll, I'll accept the last Steve name. Steve Atwater. No, oh, I love what you did there. <laughs> Atwater, I believe, had retired. Okay. Uh, no, it's like, uh, it was Mobley. Oh. I'm trying to remember his first name. First Katino, Katino Mobley. Yes, Katino Mobley Katino from the Mobley. Houston Rockets. Nice. Yeah. Katino Mobley. Very, In any very case. Good way. But, but getting back Signor to... Mobley. What's that? Signor. Was that his name? Oh, it could be. Okay. Oh, top five Mobleys uh, in sports, past and present. If, Signor Mobley. If Jalen, yeah, he's a football player. That's a real. That's a real guy. It was at the first. He round? also played in the CFL. No, he never played no, for. No, he yeah, played for the football. Edmonton Eskimos. Oh. Shout out to Signor Mobley. That's Go probably else. why I remember. Continue. So if um, if if they had voted for Jalen Hurts as the MVP, I would have been fine with that. Over three hundred yards passing, set a record for the most rushing yards by a quarterback, set a record for the longest single carry. And I think to me the most impressive drive after Hertz had that ridiculous fumble where he just dropped the ball and returned for a touchdown and now Casey is somehow up 14-7. What did Philly do on the next drive? The first play was a designed run um, by, uh, by Jalen Hertz. They go down and score a touchdown. Most of that drive was Hertz running the ball. I love that the faith that the coaching staff had in him and he had no fear at all. And there's nothing against Mahomes. Mahomes in the second half was masterful. Masterful. I'm just saying, if they had given the MVP to Jalen Hurts, it would have been controversial, but I would not be yelling and screaming about it today. I think there would be three candidates for MVP. Definitely Mahomes, who ultimately won it. I think that was the right call at the end of the day. The way he performed in the second half, he was virtually flawless. He was virtually flawless. And had three passing touchdowns. He had that massive run as well. That was one of the critical plays of the game in the fourth quarter. The guy's on a high ankle sprain, and we saw him re-injure it 
late in the second quarter. He's hobbling off the field, much like he did against Jacksonville in the divisional round. You're like, uh-oh, is he going to be okay? Chad Henney's warming up. But in the second half, Mahomes was perfect. It was an immaculate second half from him. And he didn't have the gaudy numbers that are traditionally associated with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, in part because they didn't have the ball yeah, all that, that often. Yeah. And I think it's hard to put up big numbers when you don't have the ball and you don't have possessions to do so. But when the critical junctures arrived, and we're talking about the red zone plays, and I think Kadarius Tony, that punt return, deserves a ton of credit. That was an enormous play in that football game. And, of course, the holding call on James Bradbury, that may have been a holding call. He thought it was after the game. He was His quote, it was holding, I tugged on the jersey. That's what he said on that controversial penalty. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and unfortunately, there'll be a lot of people, if you bet on the Eagles, you support the Eagles, or if, if you're Carlo Koliakovo, you look back at last night and think how the referees ruined the game for you. And I, I really feel bad for you if that's how you look at it, because that was a classic game uh, featuring a guy who's, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, who's had the best five-year stretch to start a career in NFL history. I think that's safe to say. And who's going to go down as an all-time great, probably already is. And was it a missed call? Maybe. But it wasn't an egregious Call. It was I, the timing of it. It was, the it was of, late in the fourth quarter. Yes, the location of it, we hate it. It's it sucks. It yeah. sucks that the game the, was impacted. Su- by such it. an exciting game, yeah. and that call. What did it lead to? Kneel down. Kneel exactly. down. Well, Jarek McKinnon takes the next play and brings it to what the one yard line. Takes yep. the knee, mm-hmm. and yeah, then the kneel down, and then that's it. Basically, it, it was it, an anticlimactic last minute so. to an incredible game, and. My rankings for last night, in terms of the stories, number one will be Mahomes, his play in the second half, and a historic point. Number two is Jalen Hurts, how good he was. Number three is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. No sacks, no holding penalties, almost 160 yards rushing. You know what we didn't talk about? Hassan Reddick, Justin Hargrave, uh, Cox, Brandon Graham. We didn't talk about any of those players. The Chiefs offensive line. So then after that... Then after that, to me, then the next headline would probably be the officials, where it was a ticky-tack, weak-sauce call that was by the letter of the law, correct-ish enough, but the point in the game when it happened is, is, is why we're very emotional about it. And I think the fact that James Bradbury, after the game came out and said they got the call right, does reduce some of the controversy, I guess you could say. The vitriol goes down with If him he saying, came out and was like, that call's a disgrace, the referee should be fired, what are they doing? Then the story is completely different. Our and decimal, I'm glad, our and I'm glad level that, on that... Sorry to interrupt. Our decimal yeah. level on it would have been a 9 if he complained. Today it's now a 6 because he said it was the call. But I do, at the end of the day, think that we'll probably look back on that moment as something that it will be perhaps the most memorable play in that game. And that sucks. I mean, yeah. think about some of the iconic plays we've seen over the years in the Super Bowl, James Harrison, that incredible return. And I mean, the list goes on and on. I think the Julio Jones catch in the 28 3 game I was just insane. And there's so many great plays in Super Bowl history. But I think when we look back at Super Bowl 57, we'll probably think back to Juju Smith Schuster and, and James Bradbury, which sucks. But yeah. at the same time, it is what it is. And I think one of the main storylines heading into the game was the Kelsey brothers and. The Kelsey mother, uh, she said in my name, her name's Donna, apparently. Donna Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Donna from that 70s show as well. <laughs> um, that's the only other Donna. Donna, a name you don't hear very often Donna. these days. Ooh, Donna. Uh, text the show at 105050. Yeah. The most famous Donna's Donna. Out there. Donna, from, Donna Foreman. Donna You're Summers. not watching uh, that 90s show, are you, on no. Netflix? No. no. I, it's, it's terrible. No. 
I'm, I'm waiting for that that 30s show. Yeah, that 30s. Um, so I, I think as far as the Kelsey brothers storyline heading in, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it lived up to that. Those guys are really engaging characters. Jason and Travis, they have a podcast. Both could go down as Hall of Famers. I mean, Jason's an unbelievable offensive lineman. Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in NFL history. By the way, do you know what we didn't hear? You know his name we didn't hear? Chris Jones. Chris Jones got dominated by that Eagles yeah. offensive line. One of those guys, Jason Kelsey. Now, Travis Kelsey following the AFC title game went off. Oh, you're a jabroni, the yeah, Cincinnati mayor. It was great stuff. Here is Travis Kelsey last night talking about on his feelings for his brother. There's nothing you can really say to a, a loved one in, that, in a situation like that. You know, you uh, you joke around all the time and say that you want to be your brother in the biggest stage ever, but it's there's nothing really I could say to him other than I love him and and he, and he played a hell of a year, a hell of a season. Oh, that's that, nice. Listen, that was very nice. Here's my problem with Travis Kelsey, and we see this every year after the Super Bowl when he came out. He's like, "Yeah, bleep you all. No one believed in us." I'm like. You were a point-and-a-half underdog, and the reason was was because your quarterback is injured. Also, if you go in, you know, if you looked on ESPN, The Athletic, The Ringer, TSN, most people I knew were saying, yeah, I'm taking Kansas City. It's like City. a split, really. Like, it's because it, it was a coin flip game. It was, it was a, a coin game. flip. So I just, I hate that when no one believed in us. We, all you haters doubted us. No, you were favored in like 98%. This might have been the first game or the second game. You were, I think you were an underdog in Buffalo early in the season after you were coming off that loss to the Colts. So don't give me this BS. Like, no one believed in you. I just, I hate that. No, I, I you know what, Matt? I think, I think it's, it's nonsense. For sure, but professional athletes, especially a team like Kansas City that's had so much success, that's five straight 12-win regular seasons for Kansas City. Yeah. That is remarkable consistency. Mm-hmm. You need to find different ways to motivate yourself. And even if you have to conjure up it's fake, fabricated takes, like that's not true. Yeah. Like a lot of people believed in Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Like I know I did. I smashed the Chiefs yesterday. I bet him as well. And it was a glorious night. It was yeah. a glorious night. That was, you know, a little bit marred by what happened at the end. But, you yeah. know, whatever. Sucks for uh sucks for the Eagles. Who just can't uh, that Philly sports scene yeah. can't buy a win. Uh, boo hoo. Can't buy a win. You know that's I was uh reading last night online. In the last forty years, Philadelphia sports have won two titles. They won two. The Phillies have won one. Yeah, and the, and the, uh, Eagles. the Eagles in twenty seventeen with Nick Foles. Yep. That's not a lot of success for for a city. Yeah. That you know you has all four be, sports yeah. and and you, you think they would? Uh, uh, John Tortorella is going to turn around the flag. Yeah, John, John Tortorella. Don't worry, don't worry, everyone. Joel Embiid will lead the Sixers to um, an NBA title. In any case, we've got Ed Warder coming up on the other side. We'll talk about dynasties, and if we throw that word out a Lower little bit too flippantly, lowercase D for because I'm not you a capital the Kansas City Chiefs. If you want to talk about the last five years, they are the dynastic franchise in the NFL, but. What to make of Mahomes through five years as a starter. Andy Reid, his place in NFL history as well. Ed Warder coming up. Mark Dominic, our other NFL insider, in about 20 minutes' time. This is First Up, Corona Can Cause, here at TSN 1050. The third hour of First Up continues here on TSN 1050. Aaron Korolnik, that is Matthew Cause. Hello. Hello. That's your patented greeting, Matthew. It is. Hello. By the way, good on Rihanna. Not a lot of people could rhyme umbrella with Ella, but she found a way to get it done. She is a wordsmith. A wordsmith. Uh, Fantastic performance from Rihanna. Well, I mean, fantastic might be... A little exaggerated. The, the, the end when she's getting good. lifted up—that was, was a visually stunning moment. Was was and, and a little dangerous. So that yes. part there, absolutely. No, it was cool. It was a it was a great great halftime show. A great game as a whole. And 
I do wonder what our next guest thinks of this question. Mm. How will remember Super Bowl 57 from ESPN, our good friend, maybe I guess his final regular appearance of the year. Aww. It's Ed Werder. What's up, Ed? But you know what's going to happen. This is our final scheduled appearance, but there's going to be so many things that happen between now and the start of next season, between now and the start of the draft, that we're going to need to get together yeah. on an urgent basis to I discuss news, breaking news in the NFL. So thank you for having me all year long. It's been great. I really enjoyed it. You guys are amazing, tremendous personalities, great engagement. Uh, and I hope, you know, Carlo, they eventually find the body. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Ed, uh, bad news for you. One, Carlo's not here. But two, we uh, at TSM, we've decided you're going to be our new Leafs insider. Yes. So we're going to need to get your thoughts on what's going to happen on the third defensive pairing um, for the Leafs. So you'll be on next week to talk Leafs Montreal. I can't wait for your thoughts. Well, I'm not going to be able to do this appearance now that I've got work to do. You're right. That would require a lot of work. All right, Ed, so Super Bowl 57, what will your enduring memory be of the game? And I'm setting you up here. Is it the penalty? Is it Mahomes? Is it what Jalen Hurts was able to accomplish? What will you remember most? Well, I think with the benefit of time, it's going to be, you know, the, the year that Patrick Mahomes had. Uh, winning the regular season MVP, winning the Super Bowl MVP, you know, leading the league all year long and passing touchdowns and, and passing yards and really becoming uh, only the fourth player in NFL history uh, to do all of that in a single season. I mean, that's something that only Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Kurt Warner have done in their entire careers. Mahomes did that in a single season. And just, you know, coming back from a 10-point deficit, I thought at times last night, Coming out of halftime, I'm sure Nick Sirianni told his Eagles with a 10-point lead, hey, let's stop them here with this first drive, go score, and we'll, we'll blow these guys out. I think we were that close to something of that proportion happening instead of the outcome we got. Which So I think Patrick Mahomes is what everybody's going to remember from this game. The penalty, unfortunate. Actually, I think it probably happened. I mean, James Bradbury said he did grab, grab him and he was hoping to get away with it, but he didn't. But I still think... Andy Reid beating his former team in a Super Bowl, and and the season that Patrick Mahomes had under very difficult circumstances is what will stand out to most people. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I'm in agreement. The number one headline is Patrick Mahomes. Maybe the other one is the, and this is going to be like sort of the boring football hipster one, but is the Kansas City offensive line. They ran the ball for 158 yards. Mahomes was not sacked. Um, you saw what they did in the second half. Every drive produced points. Mm-hmm. On a day where we were wondering about the Eagles' pass rush, we weren't saying the names of any of the Eagles' defensive linemen. You know, We could talk about that call, but the Eagles' defense just got run by the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Mahomes was pressured 50, 49 times, to be accurate, in his first two Super Bowl appearances, including a record 29 times, if you remember, in that loss to the Buccaneers. Uh, and he was pressured 11 times Sunday, but they never sacked him. Was part of it the bad field that they were playing on? Yeah, I mean, that might have been a contributing factor. But don't forget that after that loss to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, where Mahomes was just unable to perform because he was consistently under pressure, you know, their GM, Brett Veach and, and Andy Reid, I think they deserve a lot of credit because they went out and that offseason rebuilt that entire offensive line to give Mahomes a chance. I mean, he's an escape artist to begin with. I think yesterday was the 11th time this season 
that he was pressured at least 10 times and not sacked. So he has a great ability to avoid the rush. He's done that six times. Nobody else has, has done it more than four all year. Uh, so I don't, I mean, I liked watching Patrick Mahomes when he had Tyreek Hill and the vertical threat down the field. Uh, and, and they're not that same team anymore on offense. Um, but I think they deserve a lot of credit for being able to transition out of that. I mean, look at what happened to the other teams this year that lost their number one receiver or traded their number one receiver. You know, look at what happened to Green Bay without Devontae Adams. Look at what happened to the Cowboys without Amari Cooper. Look what happened in Tennessee to the Titans without A.J. Brown, who was in Philadelphia playing in the Super Bowl. All of those teams failed. The Chiefs are the only team to lose a 100-reception receiver one year and win the Super Bowl, make it to the Super Bowl the next year. So it's not what it used to be offensively, but, man, they, they executed at an incredibly high level. It was a, it was a great team win. I mean, we're, I, we shouldn't overlook that they got a defensive touchdown, almost two, from Bolton. They got a 65-yard punt return to set up a short field touchdown uh, from Tony, a player they acquired during the season. So, again, there's the influence of the general manager and a team being aggressive in personnel really throughout the year. Ed Werder is our guest from ESPN. And, Ed, I'm sure today on your network, on our network here north of the border, the word dynasty will be thrown around with regards to the Kansas City Chiefs. Five straight AFC title games, five straight division titles, five straight 12-win seasons. Mahomes, the two Super Bowl wins, two, two Super Bowl MVPs, two NFL MVPs. I don't think personally we're at the point yet where you consider the Chiefs a dynasty, but are they close? Yeah, they're close. I mean, I think they're the team that has a shot at it because they've got they've won two and they've got, what, four more Super Bowls available to them before uh, we change decades here. Uh, so, or more than that, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I think they've, they've got a chance. Uh, obviously, playing in the AFC makes it more difficult because there are better teams and, and, and more great young quarterbacks populate the landscape than, than happens in the NFC. I don't think two gets you there. I think three uh, definitely does. I mean, if the Cowboys were the team of the you know 90s because they won three in four years, then certainly if, if Kansas City were to win another one in the next year or two, I think there's no question they would be accorded that same status. And, and I think they're fully capable of doing it. I mean, you look at last night, they had 10 rookies uh, play in that game last night, um, and some made substantial impacts, like Pacheco uh, running the football, which that was always the vulnerability for Philadelphia all year long, was teams were able to run the ball with them. The question to me was, will Andy Reid have the discipline with Patrick Mahomes to run the football? And he certainly did that in the second half. Didn't do it much in the first half uh, when they barely had the ball, but they certainly flipped the script in the second half and dominated in that aspect of the game and balanced up the offense. And I think bigger picture with Kansas City is we always talk about the key to winning a Super Bowl is to do it when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. Philly certainly came close. We've seen Seattle do it. You know, there's a bunch of examples. But and you kind of touched on it, Ed, is that Kansas City's management team found a way to pay a quarterback $45 million and have Sky Moore catch a touchdown. Go grab Kadarius Toney at a touchdown. Bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, you look at all the money spent on Mahomes, and yet they found a way to plug all the other holes, which is something that other teams usually take a giant dip after they pay out the quarterback. Yeah, this is the first time in NFL history a quarterback making more than 13% of the salary cap has, has won it all. And, and they had to reimagine themselves in the process. And so it is 
it is the front office reconfiguring things, and it is really maybe maybe Andy Reid doesn't get enough credit, or Eric Bieniemy doesn't get enough credit in in the regard of being able to change uh, the way the approach to the game. I mean, it can't be easy to go to Patrick Mahomes and say, "Hey, we're not going to be the best deep throwing vertical passing team in football anymore. We don't have a guy on the roster who can take off the de- take the top off the defense on a consistent basis. We're going to have to win." you know, run after the catch and throwing it underneath and hitting the backs. I mean, you know, he led the NFL. They led the NFL in, in passing touchdowns to running backs and tight ends. Now, Kelsey's a unique player and a unique matchup, uh, and so he makes a huge difference. But they still lost a really significant player in, in Tyreek Hill when they traded him to Miami, and they overcame it. They, re, they reimagined themselves, and that's credit to Andy Reid and to Patrick Mahomes for embracing you know, that challenge. Ed Werder, a guest from ESPN. Ed, so it sounds like Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles, is going to become the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. It also sounds like Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, could become the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I kind of asked this question in jest, but if you're the Cardinals this morning, you see what... <laughs> a great year for the for the Eagles defense. Amazing season. But they just got absolutely obliterated by Mahomes and the Chiefs and we we went through it all all in, all week in the lead up to the Super Bowl against Dak Prescott, the Eagles defense got torched against Jared Goff Jared, and the they, Lions. Uh, the, 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 the 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 decent quarterbacks to great quarterbacks all destroyed the Eagles defense. What do you think that says about Gannon and the defense for the Eagles who have a much more difficult schedule next year? Yeah, I mean, I think that you don't let one performance, and you're suggesting it's more—it's not just a single performance in the Super Bowl where Jonathan Gannon's defense failed, but I think it's like you evaluate him uh, over the course of the entire season. It's, you know, what was your interaction with like him? What was his plan like for your personnel? I mean, the Eagles did a lot of great things on defense this year. I mean, what, what they had six guys who had more than 10 sacks, the first team in history to do that. They go into the Super Bowl as a first team with 70 sacks. Now, they didn't get any in the game, but they were playing an elusive quarterback, and I, we already talked about the surface not being ideal for, for pass rushers, especially those guys coming off the edge. But look what he did with Hassan Reddick, who really never had this level of success anywhere else. Um, look what he did in coordinating the secondary with you know, James Bradbury, who they just signed on a one-year contract from the Giants, and, and Gardner Smith that they brought in late in the year uh, to be that dog in the secondary from the safety position. So I think he did a great job overall coordinating all the pieces. But, you know, that's the way the game's played now. I mean, they scored, they did score 35 points last night, the Eagles. So th- that's the most points have, that, that a losing team has ever scored. Uh, so I don't know that you look at Jonathan Gannon, if you're the Cardinals, you're ready to hire him before, then you should probably follow through with that. Uh, if If it wasn't an obvious thing, maybe – Maybe it changes your mind a little and you reevaluate, but I wouldn't change who I was going to hire on the basis of one performance, especially when that performance you know, comes against Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid scheming people open like he did. No kidding. I think you have to add that caveat. Well, he's like, hey, listen, Arizona. I mean, there's Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. What the hell do you want me to do? And they're like, good point. Let's, let's lose some more football games. <laughs> I wish we were playing Daniel yeah. Jones. <laughs> uh, no kidding. Ed, thank you so much for all your contributions this year. Although it's possible we call you tomorrow if Aaron Rodgers emerges from his hibernation and he's like, I want to be traded to the Jets, which could happen as well, right? 
supposed to be a four-day nap. Oh, uh, okay. Whatever he's process. doing. So probably not till Thursday, <laughs> yeah, but so may, maybe by then we'll have an answer. Uh, I mean, it is very, very distinct possibility. Ed, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll chat soon. Um, great stuff all season long. You're one of our favorites. Uh, we thank you for your time and your contributions. We'll chat with you soon. Well, thanks for giving me a chance to be good and enjoy talking to football with you guys every week. Really do. Thanks so much for having me. You're the best. Ed Werder from ESPN. I get a little emotional, you know? Yeah. Like we talk to Ed every week, and now it's always part of there's a... no more NFL until September. Come on. Come on. Like, let's expand the season to like 28 games. Five. We can figure something out here. Yeah, okay. Right now. To all the bleep holes that go, ah, oh, 17 games, it's too long. It's too long this season. What? How you feeling Who says now? that? I don't know. Just hit Who me. has that take? The too cool for school people that don't no. want to admit they love football. Whatever. CFL. Free agency this week. Coming on tomorrow. TSN. MBT. What's going to happen? <laughs> Trevor Harris. Hey, Trevor, you want to go to Saskatchewan <laughs> behind an offensive line that allowed over 70 sacks? Be careful. Oh, here we go. Andrew Harris. Is it sad, Matthew, that when Mahomes scrambled for that first down in the fourth quarter, the first thing I thought was... Oh, you're thinking of Chad, Chad, Chad Kelly. Chad yes. Kelly. We did not rehearse that. No. Chad <laughs> Kelly laid in the Grey Cup. Baby, oh, the what a play. What a play. All right. So we've got winners of the weekend coming up. Long list in the world of sports. Night football. football tonight. That, that was not live. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a drop from our man 20 fingers. Well done. So we've got winners of the weekend. We've got Mark Dominic. Warren Ward will join us. We'll talk about the weekend that was for the Toronto Raptors. Terrible start to it on Friday. They do bounce back with a win against the Pistons. We'll do some Super Bowl trivia as well at 930 where I'll get my ass kicked by Matthew don't know that. Cause. I don't know. It seems quite likely, though. Winners of the weekend next as the third hour first up continues here on TSN 1050. The weekend is over. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Ah, but don't fret. You're all winners! This is Winners of the Weekend. It is indeed Winners of the Weekend here on First Up. Karolnik and Cause with you. Koliakovo will be back tomorrow. The winner of the Waste Management Open, Phoenix mm-hmm. Open, from TPC Scottsdale, Scotty Scheffler, Double who's ass. not like the most exciting golfer to watch. No. I love golf. I sit and watch golf basically all four rounds each and every week. But, you know, Scheffler, I was really hoping that Nick Taylor would be able to track him down. And he almost did the Canadian. Unbelievable performance from him. He was rolling the rock unt- untimely, if that's a word. Yes. Bogey on 16, where Scheffler rolled in a bomb basically for par. That was basically the death knell for Nick Taylor, but I mean, he still took down $2.2 million, did Nick Taylor, and I mean, the Canadians were all over. Like, Adam Hadwin was playing well. He was at 16. Adam Hadwin almost had a hole-in-one in back-to-back days. He was incredible. So, shout-out to the Canadians and the final group for Taylor. Scheffler, Rom, Taylor. Imagine yeah. you're Nick Taylor, like, jeez. What am I doing here? What am I? This is, this is something yeah. special. So, uh, great performance from him. Uh, he deserves a ton of credit. How about Artemi Panarin and Adrian Kempe? Both had four goals on the same night. Only the 16th time in NHL history that has happened. And Artemi Panarin loving life with his new buddy, Vladimir Tarasenko. So, a couple of the winners of the weekend. For me, Matthew, what do you got? Yeah, and I'll try to do ones that are a little bit not obvious, because obviously we could just go with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, winners of the weekend. Uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey's mom. First, she gets sweet seats 
in Roger Goodell's luxury box for the Super Bowl. She sees one of her sons score a touchdown. And by the way, her other son, Jason, Eagles might have lost. But uh, you didn't see anything from Chris Jones, so Jason Kelsey had a really good game. Uh, winner of the weekend, Connor Timmons. Um, he just uh, he signs that two-year deal a little while ago. Justin Hall, really bad on Saturday. So if you're Connor Timmons, you're like, all right, I am getting back and I'm getting ice time real soon. <laughs> and finally, I'll give the winner of the weekend to the Kansas City Chiefs management team. The secondary was filled with rookies. The leading rusher was a rookie. Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony, good signings. Second rounder, Sky Moore. That's how you build a winning team when you're paying a quarterback $45 million. And how about William Nylander? I mean, he was dominant on Friday night against Columbus. And then I really enjoy the retaliation he had on, yes. what was that guy's name, Blankenberg? On Blankenberg. Blankenship? I'm blanking on Blankenberg. Blankenship. I think it's Blankenberg on Columbus. Oh, you're yeah. like, wow, Nylander. Even Sheldon Gee was like, whoa, I like that. Yeah. I like scored, that. Nylander scored a goal, seven shots on Friday. And Nylander, Nylander had, a good, had, a, uh, had a good weekend. No, he most certainly did. And, I, I, you know, William Nylander, we know he's hit another level as far as his goal-scoring prowess this year. And basically, his all overall play, the consistency. Did not expect to see him taking a swing at Blankenberg. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. I think it just goes to show just how much he's developed. And he's adding that little physical element that he may not have had in past years. So, shout-out to William Nylander. I'll give another uh, winner of the weekend, Pascal Siakam. Yes, Ooh. an embarrassing Loss to Utah on Friday, but Siakam 35-6-4 and and had three steals. And then on Sunday had 28 points. It's uh, now three straight games where Siakam has scored 25 or more. And uh, the Raptors hold on to beat Detroit 119-118. Score, as you mentioned before, a little closer. Detroit did like a last-second three. Uh, But I'll I'll give a winner of the weekend to, to Pascal Siakam. I want to give a little love to the Raptors before we rip them for that Friday night disaster. Yeah, I think Rihanna also has to be a winner of the weekend for yes. her performance. And again, Hardy Mazel talked to her expecting her second child. Nice. Shout right. out to yes, yes. So that was the only guest star. We were all waiting for oh, who was right. going to be featuring. You know, oh, was it going to be Jay-Z? Man, I bet on like three separate people. I think I bet <laughs> on Drake, Jay-Z, and T.I. to make appearances, none of whom did. I Thanks, bet, Rihanna. I bet Billy Joel. Oh, but I'm bad yeah. at guessing. <laughs> Billy Joel was unavailable. Oh. For the longest. Anyway. Okay. Cheese, do you have any winners of the week and you'd like to contribute? Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, Cheese. I was going to say the unborn child of Rihanna who received more publicity than any other unborn person in history, I would say. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. We could do a segment. More impressive performance by an unborn child. Rihanna's child during the Super Bowl halftime show, or Serena Williams when she won like uh, her last uh, like Grand oh, Slam yeah. event. She was pregnant there as well. Pretty good, pretty good question. Yeah. That's a poll question. That is all. Oh, hey, <laughs> save that for gameplay. Polyakovo. All right, Serena's unborn child or Rihanna's. Yes. Also, shout out Sean Stratton. I think he had a big time weekend at the waste management. So uh, he's definitely another winner of the weekend for sure. Agreed. Oh, Sean Stratton's our winner for the Waste Management. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Yeah. Shawnee, he probably put on a clinic. He might likely was arrested at the Waste Management. 
By the way, I like what you did there. You went full yes and because for the first half second, you weren't sure. I didn't know who that was. What Horvath was talking about. But instead of going, huh, what are you doing and ending the conversation, you agreed. Like, yes, great you... point. Sean Stratton's a winner of the weekend. Was he on the PGA Tour? No, no. He's I'm, like, our... I'm like, wait, isn't that the Eagles offensive <laughs> coordinator? That's Shane Steichen. <laughs> but I was close. Yes, indeed. I was close. Indeed. Mark Dominic will join us on the other side. We'll get back to the Super Bowl. Curious to know how Mark's 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers celebrated the big game following their win. See, that's funny. And how the Kansas City Chiefs did it last night. I'm sure Andy Reid, who was disrespected by Terry Bradshaw. I don't know why that, that angered me so much. I don't know Do why. Do we have that, Chris? Are that ready? All right, let's play that really quickly. Okay, this doesn't bother me at all. all right, go, go ahead. Let's from Terry. Let me get the big guy in here. Right, yeah. Come on, waddle over here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's it's rude. Just, it's just no. It's just it's old dude. What, old is Terry dude. Bradshaw shredded up all of a sudden? Come on. No, but th- but that's also why you can make that joke because he himself. Uh, I was offended. Uh, I was you offended know. Come on, waddle over here. <laughs> that's by the way. That's how most of us felt at the end of the Man. Super Bowl party. Just like waddling to the bathroom, yeah. waddling to bed, and also with um with Mark Dominic. I want to ask him after they won that Super Bowl. How soon after the game do GMs are they already thinking about drafts, combines, and free agency? I'm curious to get his thoughts on that as well. Fantastic topic, Matthew. We'll do that with Mark, and we'll get his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson as well, two buzz names around Super Bowl week, both of whom whose teams that they're currently on very much in question heading into next season. Dominic, next on First Up. Come on, waddle over here. Clock is going to be out of time, and the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs Kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection. That's Mitch Holtis on the call from the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. The Chiefs 38-35 winners in the Super Bowl last night. And you heard Mitch's call of Jalen Hurts' Hail Mary where he slipped. He slipped and you know threw the ball 20 yards, about 30 yards short of what he yeah. needed to do. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's quite unlikely that the Hail Mary would do anything with regards to the Ability of the Eagles to come back and win that game. But, man, what a finish and what a game. What a game. I was wondering, oh, if he gets out a good pass here, will, the, will they just do a pass A makeup call, yeah. A makeup call. I was one, we were all wondering a little bit about that. Let's bring in the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a, our Monday morning NFL analyst. It's Mark Dominic. What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. Uh, what a game is right. That was a nail-biter all the way through, an amazing comeback by Kansas City. And the fireworks that I guess we all kind of expected a little bit when you have those two quarterbacks that are up for MVP on the football field. So it is an exciting night for sure. Mark Matthews said earlier that he would have had no problem with Jalen Hurts that's receiving right. the, the Super Bowl MVP. What do you make of that? I think that's a very fair statement. I mean, I think if, the, if, if they don't have that final drive and this thing comes down and they, they go into overtime, and even if the Kansas City wins maybe on a run or something, I think there's a debate where you could have that rare opportunity where the other team's guy gets the, gets the actual um, MVP of a game even though he didn't win. Um, Jalen certainly 
didn't lose this game. Yes, he had the fumble and, and they had to return for a touchdown, which was, you know, obviously a difficult moment for this team. But uh, Jalen Hurts played to the level you'd expect in a big game. And I think that's got to be very exciting for Eagles fans going forward because when you throw 300 yards in the Super Bowl, you're doing something right. I mean, Patrick only had 180 yards. And not that his were um, very efficient yards, but you've got a quarterback now that you see can you know, take over a game in both his legs and his arms, and I think he'll get paid this offseason because of it. When we think about the outstanding performers from last night's games for Kansas City, of course, Mahomes and Pacheco, Kelsey was good, Andy Reid and Biennemi, amazing play calling in the second half there. But what about the front office for the Kansas City Chiefs? Brett Veach and company, the general manager, the trade for Kadarius Tony using that second-round pick on Sky Moore, which really didn't pay off at all during the regular season, but he had an outstanding playoffs. The rookies that were starting on defense, I mean, they made a lot of quality decisions, and it all kind of catapulted from the trade of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, no, it's an amazing statement, and, and I think they talked about it last night. You know, you, you remove Tyreek Hill from this football team, and, and you've seen so many teams, when you take a piece like that out, you look at the Green Bay Packers and what that did to that organization, uh, it's hard to overcome that, but it speaks volumes of all the guys, not just, you know, obviously Brett Veach and what he's done, but, you know, Andy Reid, the coaching staff, the other players of this football team. So, you know, Tony and Sky catch two balls, and they're, they're both touchdowns. And I think it just says, you know, when guys are put in good positions, can you finish off the play? And these guys did, and, and that is all part of building a football team. Look, Howie Roseman built a very good football team in Philly as well. So, you know, the interesting thing I also thought last night was usually when you're at the podium and you got the Lombardi trophy, you'd see the general manager up there. He wasn't up there, and that's who Brett Veach is. He's just kind of a guy that's behind the scenes doing the work and obviously winning Lombardi trophies. That's a big mistake. If I was the GM, I would be there <laughs> grabbing and saying, this was all me, this was all me. Um, what this season shows, like if we're just going to go bigger picture on Patrick Mahomes, winning every award possible and leading the league in everything possible out there, is if you want to know the definition of what true elite looks like, it's Mahomes being this good and this productive, whereas receivers were Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Toning. Yes, he had a great offensive line. He had Travis Kelsey. But you lose Tyreek Hill, and the offense gets better. That, to me, is the true definition of elite, because he can raise up B-minus level talent and get A-minus results. I do agree with that, and, and I think that's exactly the way to say it. I mean, a quarterback can change everything. That's why as we get closer to this draft that's coming up in a few months, and we'll probably hopefully talk about that, you're going to see some of these quarterbacks like Will Levis move all the way up to possibly the number one pick on the board Ooh. because you've got to get a quarterback. You have to have that guy that's going to change the field, especially when you look around the league with all the young guys that are playing right now. If you don't get somebody, that's going to be the big loss. But I, I also give a lot of credit to Kansas City's offensive line last night. I mean, they did a tremendous job of calming down the Eagles' pass rush and they ran the ball effectively. You could take Mahomes' carries out, which were good. You know, obviously he had the 44 yards. But when you can run the ball over 100 yards on, on the Philadelphia Eagles and stop the pass rush, uh, you put yourself in position to win, and they did. Mark, uh, Mark Dominic, our guest, a former GM of the Bucks, our Monday morning NFL analyst here on First Up. He's with us. Of course, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl 38-35 last night over the Eagles. All week, we talked about... Philadelphia Eagles defense, the pass rush, how many sacks they had in the regular season, what an unstoppable force they were. And they didn't do anything against Mahomes in the KC offensive line. No sacks for them, no turnovers, I don't know. The only turnover of the game was the Jalen Hurts fumble. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, what does that say about Kansas City and Reed and Bienemy? What does that say about the Eagles? Who do you think deserves more credit or more blame? 
I think the I think the Chiefs do. You talked about Brett Veach earlier, and I think that's this has to do with Brett Veach and, and Andy Reid, Coach Reid certainly. But you know they played the Buccaneers a couple of years ago after they just won a Super Bowl and they lost. And yep. They got beat bad by Tampa in that defense. And what they do, they completely revamped the entire offensive line, like across the board. They went out and bought Totuni. They drafted Creed Humphrey. They, they drafted Trey Smith. They went and traded for Orlando Brown Jr. And that Lucas Nang was out there. Andrew Wiley was out there at right tackle. So there's a team like kind of Cincinnati tried to do last year is rebuild the entire offensive line. Kansas City got it right, like five for five right. And that is very hard to do. And it showed up in this game saying, hey, look, you know, now that we've got our offensive line down, we can be, you know, successful against even the best pass rushing teams in the National Football League. And I think people underestimated how much work they'd done on that offensive line from two years ago. And yeah, you watch the Chiefs and you think of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and his toughness for sure. But, you know, Kansas City's offensive line really is the unsung hero. Joined by Mark Dominic. And, Mark, i got a question for you. So let's go back to the Super Bowl where your Buccaneers beat the Raiders 48-21. to It's late on the night of January 26, 2003. How soon after that are the GM, are the executives, you people, how long are you celebrating versus when your focus goes towards free agency, the draft, all that kind of stuff? How long do you allow to celebrate before you immediately start focusing on the combine? It was Tuesday, probably, after the game Jeez. on Sunday. <laughs> Can't you enjoy yourself? Yeah, what a miserable but, existence. I, but it is because you've got the Senior Bowl like you talked about. You had Pro Bowl. I mean, you had all these different things. And then you already had to have draft meetings because you were getting ready to you know, get ready for the combine. So you bring everybody in for three weeks for draft meetings. So, I mean, it's, it's literally like one of those things where – and that's the hardest thing about football, right? victories last for just a moment and losses last forever. And, and you know, this is going to be a long loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, people are going to point at the game at the end of the game and say, boy, that penalty. And I would sit there and say this about the penalty. Number one, if you had a challenge flag and you could challenge any call and, and, and you know, obviously the Eagles challenge that play, I don't think you could overturn the penalty. Even though I don't love the call, I think you'd sit there and say, well, he did grab him like he did. And I think if the ball doesn't go that direction, I don't think the official throws the flag. But I also want to say to every Philadelphia Eagles fan, Special teams, you lost. You gave up a defensive, a defensive touchdown, and you gave up two cherry-picked offensive touchdowns that were simple plays that you just didn't pick up the, the formation, and you dropped coverage, and they were just t- touch and go. So don't ever look at a game as just like, hey, it's just it, it, if that play wouldn't happen, we could have won the Super Bowl. There's four other plays I can think of right now that Philadelphia left that if they take care of their business – this thing might have gone the other way tremendously different. So, so you know, it's, it's, it's a game that's not just one play. I was telling my daughter last night, it's not just one play, honey. It's the whole thing. you got to look at it all. Mark, with the Super Bowl now in the rear view, we look at to the offseason. You mentioned the draft. But before the draft, we'll get definitive word on Aaron Rodgers. And there was a report over the weekend that the New York Jets very interested in Rodgers when he emerges from his darkness retreat how do you think the rogers situation ultimately plays out? will he be back in green bay or will he be playing elsewhere i still think he comes back to green bay i just i think it's such a cap hit for the green bay packers it's such a dangerous play and yeah you could sit there and say well just take your poison you know he's going to leave at some point so go with jordan love you know it may sound uh you know, like superficial or whatever, but the GM and the head coach know they're going to get fired if Aaron Rodgers is not there. They're not going to win enough games next year, I don't think, under Jordan Love. Uh, and therefore, they're going to sit there and say, well, somebody else gets to have the quarterback of the future, whoever that may be. I think if you've got Aaron Rodgers, you keep him there. You know, he's got to, you know, you continue to build. I think they, you saw what his relationship with Christian Watson was becoming. I think you can continue to add to that uh, the team in terms of getting a, a legitimate tight end maybe in this year's draft. And, and I think you can convince Aaron to stay. I just think it's such a blow. And here's what I would also say. The Jets, I think, are you know, under, under the guise of Adam Schefter's or you know, whoever they want, Ian Rappaport, 
um, you just get that word out there so that Aaron knows that there's other teams out there. But you know, it's if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't really want to go to New York and play the be part of the Jets. I don't know if that's a close enough team either in terms of overall roster talent. I think they're good. But, uh, you know, I, I think Aaron stays in Green Bay, guys. More likely to happen. Mark Dominic goes to a four-day darkness retreat <laughs> where twice a day food is shoved down a slot for you. That's option number one. Option number two, Lamar Jackson signs a long-term contract with the Baltimore Ravens, and everyone is happy, and we forget the fact that he decided to sit at a playoff game. Yeah, I think I think option two is much more likely to happen. I don't see myself in the hole. I, hopefully, that there's nothing that happens which puts me in that kind of situation. So, you know, I I think they're very tight. I mean, I think they're very interesting. I, I expect again the 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 Ravens to tag uh, Lamar and and try to work through a deal long term. And and I think that's what everybody wants to see happen. Uh, and I'm sure Lamar does too. I just think that you know, again, uh, Lamar's getting help from the NFLPA and uh, help from other people. And I think if, as he starts to kind of really see the way of how hard it's going to be to get that fully guaranteed contract, that the numbers that are being put in front of him are pretty enticing. And I think if Jalen Hurts gets done, that's just going to be, continue to be another player that says, hey, look, you know, this is the boilerplate. This is how we do deals. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to sit there and say, I need a fully guaranteed contract. I don't think he's going to do that. And I think that's what's going to continue to hurt Lamar Jackson if he stays in that hole. Mark, I believe this is year seven of your contributions here on TSN huh. 1050. You start with Dave Naylor all the way that's back right. in like 2015, 2016. Uh, we can't thank you enough for all your time and insight this year. You're the man. We love you. And we look forward to catching up in the offseason. We've got to talk about your Will Levis going number one overall. Ooh. Potentially. At yeah. some point soon. We can get... Well, we scored a touchdown together. I love yeah. it. So that's, that's been good. Yeah, and, and that's, speaking that's of the, right. The only thing I'd sit there and say is one thing that's really cool about last night is I was telling, again, my daughter's the big football nut in my family, is Harrison, Harrison, Harrison Bucker got to live out his dream. And how many people get to do that? But, you know, as a kicker, you sit there and say, I just want to make the final kick in the Super Bowl to win the game. True. Very few people ever get to do that. It's very cool that he got to do that last night. Gang Vinatieri did it twice with New England, right? <laughs> against Carolina yeah. and against, I guess you got to be a kicker to live out your dream. That's how the this Rams. Works. Yeah, maybe. Uh, All right, gentlemen. All right, you're the man, Mark. Talk to Appreciate you, you guys. All right, Bye. that's Mark Dominic, the former GM of the Bucks. Our guy. Our guy. I remember reaching out to Mark for the first time. I was producing TSN Drive, the show that preceded Overdrive here on the station. Yep. And I'm like, this guy's awesome. I heard him on XM NFL Radio. We've got to get him on the station. And Naylor knew him from the CFL a little bit. I think he was maybe scouting from, for the Bucks, the CFL, and Naylor had lunch with him some, at some point, and, you know, been a fixture and ever since. What, what I, you know, yeah, what I always love about guys like Mark Dominic is they give examples, they give his specific stories, which always makes for a better interview. Also needs to be said, how miserable must it be to be an executive? Listen, the pay is good, and there's a lot of, you know, just the, you, you, get to, you get to be a power player. But it's like, hey, we won the Super Bowl. The culmination of all our work paid off. 24 hours later, you're probably still hungover. And like, well, we got to go to Mobile, Alabama, because we're scouting some safeties <laughs> from Utah. Well, I think a lot of it is the week leading up to the Super Bowl. Like, what are you really doing? Like, there's no moves you can make. Yeah. You're kind of looking ahead to, yeah, the senior or the whatever, whatever bowl's going on and the draft and trades and all this stuff. So, yeah, it's a 12 months a year cycle. So, uh, thank you to Edward or thank you to Mark Dominic. Back on Wednesday, guess who? Buster Olney. Oh! Baseball season just around the corner. Wow, she's fired Bang! up. Bang! Oh. Chrissy is fired up. Oh, nice. And I'm really not so fired up for oh. Super Bowl trivia. It is coming up. I guess we can do it on the other side. You know, let's do it. We got uh, something but we've all been waiting for for a long time. I kicked Coley Akavo's ass last week. Yeah, you did. It's a much more... It's a little tougher. I'm a bit of a nerd. You, oh, no, you know your Super Bowl very well. I've, not, I've worked with you for a long time, Matthew. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. 
difficult for me to take you down, but I will give my best effort, so we'll do that. Warren Ward will join us. We'll talk some Raptors, and we'll talk to our waste management correspondent at 945 as well. Live from Arizona, probably still there. And my, my guess is, rather hungover following the Super Bowl. That guy knows what he's doing. Hour four of First Stop. It's Korolnik. It's Cause. It's TSN 1050.